Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from CBS 4 and Fox 59, Mike Chappell joins us. Uh, Mike, I, I said this earlier in the week, and then when, when Jim sent out that tweet regarding the NFL saying they missed a couple of late calls there or whatever, that solidified it for me. And I, I know where you stand on this, and I know many people, you don't want to come off looking homerish. I get that. Neither do I. But I also judge games from every conceivable angle, from the play, from the play calling, the coaching judgment, the personnel, all of it, which also includes calls, calls that are good, calls that are botched. And there was no way around that game on Sunday. And I know you can't do anything about it, but the Colts got incredibly screwed with the flags on those final couple of plays. Um, and starting with the defensive, the illegal contact where the game was won. So I think that's one time, maybe one in very few, that you can look back and say they got screwed out of a win on Sunday, Mike, because the Colts did. Yeah, it, it, yes. Yes, they did. And as I was going through all that and I was writing a story or two about it, it reminded me very much of Peyton's rookie year in 98 and, and they go to Frisco and it was it was his coming out game where he that's when he arrived really, and the Niners beat him like thirty eight thirty one, and they got so hosed by the officials, two or three defensive coverage penalties, and it was so bad that the league came out like Tuesday or Wednesday said yeah, they botched that one, which the league never does ever, so it happens. And you're right, you're right, in and then I'll take flack, but I, I thought they they benefited from a non-call on EJ Speed at Baltimore. I thought I thought he hooked the guy on fourth down. So they even out, I think. But when when it's so fresh, and and when that play, the the illegal contact at first and goal at the eight, uh, where if they pick up the flag, it's game over. With EJ Speed sack and the strip and the force bucking recovery, it's game over. It's not like well, you know, no, it's the game's over. So, and that's one of the the the, the, the plays that the, the league, from what I've been told, admitted that they botched. Was well, too bad that the commissioner can't say, well, okay, well, we're going to go back and we're going to take that play away, give the Colts. Well, then the game's over. So there's not a lot of controversy. Well, yep. they could have done this. No, the game's over. So yeah, you're right. You are right. And but. At the same time, here I here I am. My butt hurts because I'm straddling the fence. You had PJ Walker first and ten on his own twenty with two and a half minutes to play, and he needed a touchdown. Doggone it! Don't yeah. get down to where it's first and goal at the eight, and don't give him the chance to, to to have a to have a bad call or two beat you. But no, there's no question. I mean, it, it, they had a lot of plays to that they could have made, but in the end. It always comes down, it seems like, not all, but some of these games come down to that one or two plays, and this one did. If the officials make the right call or if, the, if one official says, no, we're going to pick up that flag because 
you know, he, he was the ball was already out before the contact. That's what should have happened. But uh, I thought they, I, I thought it was a very uneven officiating crew anyway. But this this is where they are. Instead of being four and three and really good chance, they're three and four, and they're going to make that one up. So Mike Chappell of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine who joins us, and I'm glad you you provided a great segue. This has been an issue, and Rick Venturi and I talk about this all the time. See, I, I, I do. I kind of cobble together a lot of my takes after talking to Rick after the games on Sunday and then maybe on a Monday morning, too, because I, I so love him as a resource um, for me. I know a lot of people do that as well. But the one thing we have talked about, and we talked about this going back to last year because it was such a circus the closing ability of this defense oftentimes got completely overlooked. Oh, I feel bad for this defense because the offense sucks so bad and because it's such a circus. But a lot of that was on the defense and those losses, those embarrassing losses we saw a year ago. And they are struggling once again at times to close in games this year. And the one thing I wanted to ask you, a lot of people think I'm crazy. How can they do that, right? They say, how can they blitz as much as you want them to and especially in that game on Sunday late because of what they don't have in the secondary and my suggestion is blitz a ton because you had a crappy quarterback that clearly could not have dealt with it and if you're going to get your ass whipped on the back end of this anyway then why not go out swinging to me I don't know why Gus Bradley doesn't do that and why he didn't do that more would you agree I I don't disagree Uh, although I've been disappointed in the pass rush you know, so so maybe that's another reason you you need to blitz is because you, you're not getting there with four, and it's it's even going to be worse with Grover Stewart being out. Not not a, not a great pass rusher, but but he does get penetration. So yeah, I I, I I haven't liked the pass rush all year. So maybe you maybe you do sort of start taking some gambles, and I think Rick would probably do that because you know I, I look at the secondary and, and it's not going to get any better. It's just not. I mean, Juju Brents is going to be out for a few games at least. And, and the people you have in Dallas Flowers isn't coming back this season. So you're going to go with guys who are who are very inexperienced. Uh, and so, so what makes you think it's going to get any better on the back end of it? So, yeah, I, I understand it. And I, and I agree. I, I can't. How do you not disagree with that? So. That's that's what they do. I again, I, I just look at you've got PG Walker. I, I was disappointed that Sean Watson didn't come back in the game because right now he's awful. He's absolutely awful. That arm must really, really be bothering him because he had no zip on the ball at all. They would have likely done very, very little with Deshaun Watson. But boy, to allow PJ Walker to hit that thirty-yarder, to I think it was Elijah Moore along the, the sideline over over Baker and, and moved down the field was just just awful, inexcusable type of things. And so, like I say, they had they had chances. They, you know, a couple of calls by Steichen at the end of the first half that he would love to have back, love to have back. The end zone rollout with Drew Ogletree and Blake Freeland hardly slowing down Miles Garrett and things like that. And you know, mismanagement of time to give the Browns a chance to get three free points. So make plays, you know, make plays defensively and offensively do more. And don't, for crying out, I'm writing down, finishing this story, four turnovers. You're not going to beat anybody with, with with four turnovers. I, 
I, I keep harping on this. They're they're five and fifty five since eighty four with four turnovers, and I, I'll, I'll personally give you twenty dollars on Sunday if you can tell me the five the, the three quarterbacks for the Colts in in thirty seconds so you can't look it up that have led these team this Colt team to wins with four turnovers. I don't think you can do it. Oh, uh, oh, right now, yeah, Manning, yep. Um, once, once, uh, I would assume so. Luck, twice, twice. You're not going to get the other. How many guy more do I need? One, I need one more or two more. One more. One more guy did it twice. Uh, <laughs> God, this one is tough right here. Uh, Chandler, Don Mikowski. Oh crap. <laughs> That's you're, a good you're one right guessed, there. You're the guest. The magic man. The, the magic man. You were you so were he, impressed with the Chandler grab, though, weren't you? You were. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Uh, you. You could have said like Paul Justin. I would like that. <laughs> no, I, <don't, laughs> I was way, but that was on the tip of my tongue. It was. Right. Well, I almost but, but said it, Jack. It, it, I almost said team, Jack. This, this team is just not, you know, doing things at the end of games and and. Yeah. And you have the defense close out, you know, make a play. We, we talked about as, as circus as last year was when you're up 33 to nothing at Minnesota. All you got to make is one play. Just one play in the second half is all it would have taken, offense or defense. You know, so, so yeah, it's – yes, some of it is a lack of, of reliable talent, especially at corner. Kenny Moore is kind of like by himself back there as far as experience. So, but make a play, and yeah, it's it's everything. And to have it come down to, to officials at the end was just brutal, just brutal. But doggone it, hey, don't put yourself in that position. Would Would you agree with me though? Why, especially because when they blitzed on Sunday, it got home to me. Yeah. Almost every time, I'd have to look back. It got home almost every time. You know, including that that one where the game was over and the ref screwed them over. I just, to me, why not take a chance? I, I know that's not in Gus Bradley's makeup, but why not with this group and this type of season and where you are, and, and not only in that game, but I look back against Matthew Stafford late in that game when the dude couldn't even walk and yeah. they still played straight up or even a couple of different times, Mike, less than straight up. I, I don't understand that mentality other than Gus. That's just kind of what he does, and he continues to do it, but – I, I don't understand why they don't change it up and go after a quarterback because likely you're going to get burnt on the back end anyway. So why not try to do something on the front end to keep from or, or to protect those in the back end? I, I just that to me, I guess, I don't know why you don't make that particular change occasionally, more than occasionally. I, I, I think the elite quarterbacks tear you up when you blitz. But we're not talking about elite quarterback. No, we're exactly. Not. Exactly. And, and we, make a guy – you know, read things wrong or, or throw a pass, you know, a half a second quicker than he wants to or get to him. Or you get to him like Speed did and, and game's over. I, I don't disagree. I'm not a, I'm not no. a defensive mind. Rick is – it drives Rick up a wall. It, it really yes. does. You know, I, I talked to him on Sundays as well, and this is before a game. But, yeah, I, I know how he stands. And, and, and things that Gus does, it, it does – you know, makes him pull out whatever hair he's got left. 
So, yeah, I, I don't know. And, and whether there's no one there to sort of say, hey, let's do this differently, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, this, this is this is kind of who they are. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's the old thing about uh, the definition of insanity is, you know, do something different. You know, insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. But do something different, change it up, get out of your comfort zone to get their guy out of his comfort zone. PG PG Walker for crying out loud! Don't let don't let him drive eighty yards. You know, and, and right. he needed a touchdown, not a fifty yard field goal. So yeah, it's it's hindsight, but it really isn't because this isn't the first time it's happened. No, and I brought up the example of the Rams game. You know what's, what's so I guess ironic about that game was you still protected yourself and protected those in your secondary, and then they made one mistake and you know got beat. One incredible yeah. mistake and got beat. I just, I, I think that if you're going to, Mike, if you're going to change something up, right, that's out of your ordinary, and I'll give you a great example. I thought what Shane Steichen did offensively was something that Jim Swartz on Sunday was not prepared for. I don't think he had any idea that Shane would do offensively with Minshew and that group what they ended up doing. And I think it was more than just Cleveland, like a lot of people have suggested. Well, you know what? They were overrated. Uh-uh. I thought Shane Steichen, from an offensive standpoint, put together an awesome plan that was just way out in front of what Jim Swartz was doing defensively Sunday. Yeah, and we're, and we're going to see, you know, more and more of this. I, I, I keep going back to the way they're starting to use Jonathan Taylor, you know, in so many different ways, three times in a wildcat and split out and – and all this, they've only they've only had him in practice for like what a month, you know, what, whatever it's been. So they haven't had a chance to really see how they can use him. When we talked to Jonathan Taylor yesterday, I think it was, and his eyes light up on what they can do on offense because these yeah. guys know what they can do, and and so we'll see if it can still grow with 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 whatever limitations they've got on offense with with, with Menchu, but. You know, if if they don't turn the ball, you know, thirty eight points in, in four hundred and fifty six yards against the yeah. best against the, you know they people were calling a historic defense. Well, not that day. So yeah, it, it's that's why it just burns your rear end when they lose that because again it was at home and they won now like what one game at home and these are so hard to, to make up. It's so hard to get caught up. Even though I'm telling you, we've talked about this. Boy, if you just take care of your business, this schedule is not very hard. It, it's relatively no. speaking, it, it's not a bad, a tough schedule. But you get you can't do what they do, and expect to win because their margin of error really is, it, it is pretty thin. But uh, you know, I'm curious how they how they respond uh, against the Saints because uh, this is a good defense again, not a great offense. But you still can't have some of the bonehead plays you have and, and expect to win. Mike, I would imagine that percentage wise, the Colts game Sunday makes up about forty percent, right? Of what ultimately that Browns defense has given up so far probably six games. Yeah, they'd somewhere in that neighborhood too. They've given just over a thousand yards in five games and they laid four fifty six on them, which is pretty impressive. Hey, you mentioned this, and rightly so. I'm I'm kind of selfish in terms of why I want the Colts to be relevant in terms of winning games and to be talked about as still being competitive with the schedule they have remaining is 
I'm not ready, Mike. I am not ready during the season to start talking about and debating and being critical of or lack thereof of Anthony Richardson conversation, whether or not he's going to be durable enough to last for the long-term future. Because I know that's coming in the offseason, and it's going to go on until about this point next year. And I'm just not, I'm not ready to have that conversation now. So I want the Colts to remain relevant, good, and competitive now on some level so we don't have to go to that point. Well, the first the first topic you'll have, you know, dominating your your shows will be Marvin Jr. And can they get in position for Marvin Jr.? What's it going to take to move up to get Marvin Jr.? That'll be the first one. Then the next one will be Richardson. And whenever somebody says, do you think they're going to change how they call plays? I say, no. I mean, no. Not at all. You'll, you'll, you'll try to minimize risks. But this is who you drafted. So, let's, yeah, let, let's hold on that until – at least the, the 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 exit interviews, press conference in, in January, uh, and again this season is still there for them to. They're going to be entertaining, but beyond that, you want them to 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 to, to win. You know, you got you got the Saints, and then you got Carolina, then you got New England and Germany, and you know, and it, it, it's just not a daunting schedule. But you can't do what they've done the last two weeks. Eight turnovers in two games? Are you crazy? You can't do that. So take care of your business and don't help these teams that need help. Yeah, it's funny to look at it that way. And you brought up Marvin Harrison Jr. And I I want – this has been my take on this because we do have a lot of people out there, and this is just kind of a losing mentality of a fan base. And, 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 again, I've dealt with this with the Pacers too and really with everybody. Because other than the Boilermakers in the regular season, we've been a group of losers. The teams we've watched have lost more times than they have in here in recent history. And I bring this up all the time regarding Marvin Harrison Jr. I go out and win games and then worry about that blank coming yep. up in the offseason. And why in the world could Chris not cobble together some sort of package to get up to where you need to be to draft what you want. I mean, damn, Mike, everybody else does it. I mean, Howie Roseman does whatever he wants and gets whoever he wants and is lauded, and then he wins by doing that. But around here, it's, well, we got to be really sucky to get up there. They have the opportunity. (laughs) No, my ass. Get up there if you're Chris and you're that good, as people say, and find a way to get the damn guy that you need. How hard is that? Well, it, it, it's it's hard, and you're going to give up a bunch of draft picks, which we know that's not the way they do <laughs> things. But, yeah, but, great. But no, but still, if if this is a guy that you think this is the guy, I realize it's a receiver, which yes, I don't want to say they they don't value here, but they don't value. My man better change his attitude too, because you know Shane Steichen wants that. Uh, you know, oh, I mean, he better change. I, I mean, I'm assuming the attitude's been changed. You, you know, Jim Irsay wants it. I mean, you know that. So the further, obviously, the further down you are, the high, the more it's going to take to get up there. But but teams get up there all the time. Now, what it takes to get to number four from where you are, but but again, that, that that's a that, that that's a topic for you know December January. Uh, you can't if if you've got that mentality now, then you start dumping players before the trade deadline. You get rid of DeForest Buckner. You get rid of. Kenny Moore, guys, you know, Buck's not in a contract here, but Kenny is. You get rid of Grover, who's suspended. And, and But here you are at three and four, and all of a sudden 
AFC is a mess after you get past about three teams. You know, Buffalo's four and three. They lose tonight, and they're in trouble. So, yeah, it's all of a sudden this season is, is more than I think a lot of us thought it could be, and that's even without Richardson. It's, it's still there. We saw enough last week of what they can do. You know, Josh Downs is a player. He is a player. Michael Pittman, you know, it's funny. Rick and I always argue. We had a good argument on Sunday about Pittman. I think he's a good, I think he's a pretty good player. I don't think he's a one, but that's I think he's a really good player. Yeah. So and, and and again, if you don't want to bring him back, how are you going to how are you going to replace him? You know, it's going to be hey, expensive. So yeah, hey Mike, so, Mike, I don't know if you're on this with me right now, but I, I think Chris has two moves to make in this case, and they need another wide receiver. You bring back Michael Pittman Jr., great. You have Josh yep. Downs, fantastic. But you have to do – there's nothing in free agency that's going to make this thing better. So you either put together some type of trade, and I've, I've hoped for disgruntled diva wide receivers, whether it's Justin Jefferson or anybody else, because that's – the way you think about that, that's how Philly put together their situation getting A.J. Brown. And look where yep. Mike Vrabel is right now, still disgruntled about that move. But you either trade for somebody – uh, and again, easier said than done, or you draft somebody. But either way, Mike, that has to happen this offseason. Will that, not happen via anybody in free agency. That's what, with, with, when you've got the quarterback, you've got to surround him with guys. And, and they've got some good people around him. They need more around him. And that one, yeah. that one you know, Josh Allen took, has taken off sort of when they got Stephon Diggs. But yeah, it, it hurts when you get the guy because what you have to give up or whatever. But that's that's what it takes to get elite players. Now, whether they're going to go and, and do something like that, I don't know. There will be it, – it's a really, really good free agent class with wide receivers. Oh, a lot of those guys will never see the market. You'll have chances. You'll have opportunities. It's how much do you want to give up. Uh, I, I think – again, Rick and I disagree. I think you bring Pittman back because I think he's – People want it. We, yeah. we talked. People want more than what he is. People want him. He, he, we talk. He, he's like Miles Garrett. You want more, but this is who he is. He's pretty damn good. He's just not what you want more. But having said that, he, he's had he's had like seven different starting quarterbacks. So how do you really judge him? But yeah, they need they need another top line receiver, which again is easier said than done. But teams find a way to do it. And that's to, to, for this offense with Richardson to take that next step. You need that that next guy. Maybe Pittman's a lot better if he's got a a, a one or a one a next to him. Who knows? But that's and that's what they have to do in the offseason, which we'll get there. But you hope that there's reason. You know, I, I think Alec Pierce will be fine. <laughs> I really do. But you need you need one more guy that, that's really a difference maker, and we'll see how they can get that. So Mike Chapel of CBS 4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Quickly before I let you go, uh, seemed like a large amount of did not participate injury situations as of yesterday. What's it look like for today and maybe looking ahead, looking forward to Sunday, what may may that look like with the, the active inactive list on Sunday? I saw four guys that didn't. Uh, Zach Moss was limited today, I think. We'll see. Have a better idea tomorrow. But four guys again didn't practice second day in a row. Juju, one of them. I don't think he plays for a week or two. Maybe, maybe a little longer. 
uh, Eric Johnson to tackle with, with an ankle. Yeah. Uh, Kylan Granson with a concussion. He did not practice. That's two days, I think, in a row, which is not, it's certainly not a good sign. So, yeah, I think there's four guys that did not practice today that probably are not going to play on Sunday. Uh, Braden Smith Mike Chapel the right there. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I talk to Rick every every Sunday afternoon, every Monday morning, as much as I can, he's a, man. He's a I, I, I he's lean a on him, and I yeah. love talking to him. Well, we and we do. I'm with you, and, and that's not so much how he believes in Michael Pittman Jr. I'm with you on that, um, certainly. Well, but, but, but I, I guess what I, what I tell people, I said then, then who? It's kind of like you don't like your quarterback. Well, who are you going to get? I'm not talking about Minshew, but I'm, you know, it, it, it's yeah. so easy to get rid of guys. And here's a guy that Chris Ballard absolutely loves. He loves, I mean, he, he really likes Michael Pittman for all the things. And it, it's it just don't re-sign him and get somebody else. Well, who? who give me, give yeah. me two or three names that, that are viable names. Well, trade for Justin Jefferson, trade for Devontae Adams and all that. Well, give me something realistic and, and we, we can talk about it. And But, you know, Rick, Rick, Rick Rick's very, very uh, steadfast in his opinion, and I, I respect that. I yeah. just in, in this one, I don't agree, but that's why it's so fun talking to Rick. So uh, Mike Chapel, right there, Mike. I'll see you up at the press box on Sunday, buddy. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, he called that first Pacer win last night of the season against the Washington Wizards. I'm sure we'll talk about after that win, Rick Carlisle reported earlier today and then solidified by the Pacers, signs a contract extension with the Pacers. Talk about that, I'm sure, with Chris Denary of Valley Sports Indiana. Again, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Hello, Chris. How are you? Hey, great JMV. Uh, yeah, really fun night last night. Uh, congrats to Rick. Uh, he'll celebrate his birthday uh, tomorrow with a contract extension. But uh, yeah, it just was a, a fun night. Uh, you know, I, I think you know I've, I've been listening all day to the to the station, and I think the one thing here is, yeah, you know, Washington is not expected to win a lot of games, but uh, I think knowing how they play, they had some offensive firepower. We saw that early, but this is a game that. John, last year, you know, maybe the Pacers win by nine or ten points. Last night they won sure. by 23. They only had one 20-point win all of last year. And so I, I just think that was important. You know, they made a statement. Uh, they put the game away in the third quarter. Um, and, and so I think that was good. And, you know, from a TV standpoint, I'll just uh, toot our own horn a little bit. Uh, we had the highest rating uh, on Valley Sports Indiana since December of 2021. We had a higher rating of any game last year, and we had a 68% improvement from opening night last year to this year. So uh, I I think there's a lot of interest and a lot of enthusiasm, and it was sure great to see the guys respond. No, that's why I said a little bit earlier, Chris, is not only, especially after the first quarter, once they got that done, and and they played defensively much better when it mattered in the second and the third, and then you can argue whether or not how much it mattered in the fourth because the game by that time was was out of hand. But they did it, Chris, in a fashion in which a team with much higher expectations you would think would do it. And I would agree with you on that. 
I mean, you really leave no doubt. There was there was no doubt after that first quarter what was going to take place right there, and that's what the uh, the Pacers did, and that's I think what everybody was looking for them to do on that opening night. Yeah, no question. I mean, I, you know, it was interesting, and I've heard you guys talking about it. And, and again, I, I think T.J. McConnell will be a factor. Uh, you know, yep. during the year. I mean, just the way it's coming, buddy. Goes. It is coming. There's going yeah. to be one defining game for sure. And then everybody can just send me, hey, you're absolutely right. Where you're going to go. Wow. I'm glad that he's still hanging around here because that was necessary. Yeah, uh, no question. I mean, he's just a quality pro. And to hear how Rick Carlisle addressed it after the game is sit down with uh, TJ on Tuesday. But he'll be a guy that'll help. But, you know, I think this is a strong second unit. I mean, you've got guys, uh, John, that uh, Nimhart started 60-plus games last year. Neesma started 60-plus games. Buddy Heald started 70-plus games. So I think one of the – and Jalen Smith, he started a bunch of games early. So uh, you know, I think the, the strength of this team is the depth, and you bring a second unit onto the floor that's probably going to be better than most second units across the NBA, and I think that will be an advantage – I thought Nimhart did a really good job running the offense. and But but where the game really turned was in that third quarter. I, I thought Tyrese Halliburton came out and just flat took over the third quarter. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times we see him in the first half. He's very good at getting his teammates engaged and getting them the ball. But you saw him score 15 of his 20 points in that third quarter when the Pacers had extreme separation. And uh, yeah. he was sort of the maestro that led everything in that second half. Yeah, the other guy I wanted to talk about was Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith came off the bench um, with a little bit of inspiration, certainly, and really he just kind of picked up where he left off in that preseason. Uh, Really good off-the-bench night for Smith last night for the Pacers. No question. I mean, he's worked awfully hard in the summer. I mean, remember a couple of summers ago when they re-signed him, he he was going to be the starting four, and that just didn't quite work out. But I think, you know, as the backup to Miles Turner, I mean, he puts up 13 points and eight rebounds. And to your point, I mean, we saw this all during the preseason. So he's been very consistent, very solid. Um, And, you know, the Pacers have a lot of competition at that position. I mean, Isaiah Jackson got in last night because Miles and and Jalen were in foul trouble. And then still seated over there on the bench, you have Daniel Tice, uh, who's the veteran who who helped Germany uh, win the World Cup. So, you know, Jalen has, has definitely, uh, you know, played very, very well. And, you know, part of that second unit, I mean, you and I have talked about how valuable Buddy Heald is, and he showed that last night. Yeah. I mean, he comes right in, hits a couple of threes, and, you know, scores, what, 16 points off the bench. So uh, I, I just think this is a team that, that can play very, very fast. Uh, they had 38 assists. They made 23s. Uh, you know, they're going to you – know, here's the thing is, yeah, 39 points in the first quarter, yeah, you don't want to see that. But if you yeah. score 143 points, John, you're going to give up some points because the pace of the game is going to create so many possessions. Uh, right. So, you know, that, that'll be something from a number standpoint, uh, you know, both offensively and defensively. You sort of you, – you, you tend to evaluate after 10 or 15 or 20 games because then the numbers somehow make sense. But, uh, you know, I, I, I thought they did a really good job. They were much better defensively from quarter number two to quarter number four than they were in that first. Kristen Area, Bally Sports, Indiana, the play-by-play voice of the Pacers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group line. Two things you recognized there were two things that we had most recently talked about. 
And I thought, and we talked about this last week, I didn't want to see them lose any ground in scoring game to game. Um, although I didn't think they were going to be that much better defensively. You've got to be better, obviously, than we saw in the first quarter. But I just I didn't want them to lose any ground in, in how they score the basketball game to game. And we certainly saw that in night number one. And the other thing you brought up was Buddy Heald. And there were like two or three different moments last night. When you get him out there now, especially with second group rotational dudes, uh, how many times you see him mix guys up? You had two dudes running at him. He made an extra pass. I think what was a corner three or a wing three from Bruce Brown. And that's what I talked about. That's what he brings to the table along with making three-pointers. Not just shooting them, but making them. He gets, and I've heard Rick Carlisle talk about when you get a defense scrambling and rotation at this level in the NBA, I mean, basically it's deadly for the team that's trying to D up that. And we saw that example three and four times with Buddy Heald off the bench last night. Yeah, he was five of nine from the field, four of seven from three, 14 points off the bench in 25 minutes. And he had five assists. And to your point, it's those extra passes that, you know, create opportunities for teammates. And, you know, Bruce Brown was a recipient of that a number of times. So, yeah, you you have to account for him out on the floor. And I think the one thing, you know, the change that Rick Carlisle and his staff made from the end of the preseason to last night was the rotations. We saw them really do a lot of hockey substituting, hockey line substituting in those preseason games. They play the five starters, then they bring in five second unit players. Last night, it was a right about at the six-minute mark of the first quarter. They made a change and inserted, I think, Buddy Heald and Nimhard came in. So, yep. the, you know, we'll just have to wait and see how they do that. But it looks like it'll be a mix of starters and reserves on the floor instead of going, hey, a starting group and a reserve group. And so from that standpoint, it also takes a little bit of time for these guys to get, to, get used to playing with each other. You do it in practice a little bit. But as the games roll on, they'll get more comfortable uh, with the groups that they're out there with. Yeah, and with Buddy Heald coming off the bench, when he gets matched up with a lot of these second units, like like the, the one rotations, they've gone through the game plan. They're absolutely going to recognize. But you're going to get some dudes coming off the bench that will not immediately recognize what he can do from three-point range. I, I just think that he's going to get – for him, an inordinate amount of really good looks by coming off the bench because that recognition will not be as top shelf with a second unit compared to what it might be with a team starters. Well, there's no question. I mean, we've talked a lot about that. You know, Benedict Matherin making the jump from being a reserve to a starter, so he's going up against starting players. But you're right, for Buddy Heald and Nemhard and Neesmith, who all started last year, now they're a part of the second unit. They're going up against a whole different wave of players. And so that, to me, should be a huge advantage uh, for the Pacers moving forward. Now, last year they had the number one scoring bench in the NBA at about 44 points per game, and that was you know, with Benedict Matherin coming off the bench. I don't think that'll change this year. They scored 59 points off the bench last night, so – They've got a lot of capable people that can put the ball in the basket, and we saw that last night. Is this the pace that Rick Carlisle and company want, what we witnessed last night? 
Yeah, they want to play fast. I mean, there's no question about it. When when you go to practice and watch them, they literally will play with a 14-second shot clock. So if the ball is missed, they're coming down the floor uh, with 14 on the shot clock, not with 24. And I told Quinn last night on air, I don't know if you caught it, I said, there's no need to have a shot clock operator tonight because, uh, yeah. I mean, as, as, as quickly as the Pacers were playing. And again, you know, against better defenses, you don't want to get late in the shot clock against them because that's where they lock you down. And so if you can have really good ball movement, you know, get, get the defense over-rotating, and then you have somebody like Buddy Heald open who can shoot it or deliver it, uh, that's, an advent, uh, you know, that's a real big advantage for you. Uh, we saw the Cavaliers get off to a 1-0 and zero start, knocking off the Nets. Um, you know, Max Struess coming over from the Heat as a free agent. Um, had 27 in that game. Max Struess is a part of that starting lineup. Uh, now, normally speaking, it is uh, a little bit different because they still play with a couple of bigs, with Mobley and Allen. I think Allen's been injured, but Mobley's been out there. Garland and Mitchell, however, and the backcourt would be, I think, propped up as one of the league's better, certainly in the Eastern Conference uh, backcourt combinations. What do you think about that matchup a couple of days out from being in Cleveland? Yeah, it's interesting because the Pacers will get them Saturday on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, Cleveland's at home. They have a home-home back-to-back. Uh, they have Oklahoma City tomorrow night, and that was a good win for them last night. I was watching the highlights earlier today. Uh, Brooklyn had a six-point lead with like 110 to play and right. had some bonehead uh, offensive plays, and, and Mitchell hit some big shots. Mitchell's been so good against the Pacers. He had a pair of 40-point games in Cleveland last year, and we saw him just a few days ago. I think he had 28 through three quarters and had a huge third quarter. So it's a very talented team. Uh, They were a top-five team in the East last year. They've added, as you said, Struess. They have George Niang, so they've added some outside shooting. Uh, They will be a team that the Pacers will see twice in the next uh, week or so because next Friday in the first in-season tournament game, uh, you'll have uh, Cleveland at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. So very talented team. Uh, you know, it'll be a different opponent, uh, you know, that has high expectations than the team that the Pacers played last night. But to your point, um, you know, it's just one game. But the Pacers did last night what you hoped that they would do. Uh, they would beat a team that they should have beaten in a, you know, in a, in a, in a really strong way. And, and they did that last night. And that's what you want to see. It is always funny in closing here, Chris, how that is viewed, too. It's, and, I, and I think we both kind of explained it exactly how it needed to be explained. But let's just say, for example, if you don't look good and you barely squeeze by or you lose, then that is like a red flag automatically. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's yeah. almost like sometimes in terms of how people view it, especially around the NBA, it, it's like a, a lose, 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 because you don't get – the credit that would be deserved in doing what you should do against the team. But, man, they're going to bang on you if it's tight, or they're going to bang on you if you lose that game. So they did exactly what was necessary, Chris, and especially after that first quarter. What was necessary? Sometimes, John, those are the hardest games to play, right? Because of those expectations. Everybody expects that you should go out and win by 20 points, and, and a lot of times it's hard to do that. I mean, again, these are NBA players. 
Um, I've said this, there's 30 teams in the league. Simple math says that teams with good players, they're going to lose games. I mean, that's just the way it is. And, you know, if you look, Kyle Kuzma was a terrific college player. Tyus Jones, Jordan Poole, you know, played at Golden State, was a part of their championship team. So it's not like they don't have good players. Um, and, and so I, well, they I looked like Golden State in the first quarter. Honestly, they did. They did. So, and then, yeah. you know, for somebody like Gallinari, I mean, he missed all of last yeah. year in Boston with an ACL injury. So this guy is hungry to get back out on the floor and show that he can still play in the NBA. So you're, you're doing all of that on the night. It's opening night. There's a lot of excitement in the building. Uh, this group has not hesitated to put some expectations on them. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton, Miles Turner, they said, look, we want to be a playoff team. So you have to deal with all of that and then play the game. Well done last night. As always, a great watch and a great listen. You and J.J. and Quinn and Eddie. uh, And I know Pat Boylan does the uh, post-game interviews per usual. Um, Outstanding work. I I so love – you know how much I love basketball. I am so stinking glad basketball is back. I spent all night – I stayed up really late watching the late games because now you get – you know, the uh, the front court or the league pass or whatever the hell it yep. is for free on DirecTV. So I watched uh, the Blazers and the Clippers and the Kings um, and Utah last night play. Man, it feels so good that it's back. I love it. Yeah, no question about that. I'm the same way. I mean, I'll, uh, I'll do a little bit of preparation uh, mm-hmm. before we head to Cleveland tomorrow and watch the games tonight. It, it's that time of year and uh, – you know, one down, 81 to go, but it, it, it's it's good to enjoy it for 24 to 48 hours. Keep on keeping on, my brother. We'll check in again next week. All right. Thanks, John. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Are you ready? I'm ready, brother. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, week number eight with Chris, Brent Holverson, and me, JMV. James, cue the band. Let's go. Starts tonight, Thursday night, NFL week eight with the Buccaneers on the road at the Bills. We have documented our disdain so far the season for the disappointing Bills, yet we now have Vegas, Vegas odds at nine-point favorites. That is such a big, fat number. I absolutely hate it. But as Brent mentioned, and I think so eloquently a little bit earlier, this is going to be the type of night where the Bills get up off the mat on a Thursday night and go big against this Buccaneers team. I'm going to count on that. I'm going to lay the nine, which hurts me deep down inside, but take the Bills. Brent. Well, as we talked, you know, last week was a big underdog week, and this number is, it kind of it kind of alludes to that. It warrants that. You know, you get these backdoor covers yes. coming in, but you're also looking at uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who lost at home uh, last week to Atlanta by six, the score of 16-13. Uh, Buccaneers are the 28th worst scoring team in the NFL, going up against the number three best scoring team with the Buffalo Bills. I think they get the ship right this week. Buffalo covers that nine, John. Give me Buffalo. What do you got, Chris? Yeah, I agree with Brent 100%. I think they cover the nine. And uh, being at home, I think the crowd's going to be pretty hyped to uh, help influence that defense to stand up. Uh, The offense can definitely get it done. I think the defense is going to show out today. I think Frank Reich a year ago, um, almost about this time, I think maybe a week from where we sit right now, was let go midseason by the Colts. 
I don't know if that's going to happen again for him or not in Carolina. Uh, Carolina winless on the season, and the Texans in Charlotte coming up this weekend. Three-point favorites on the road to Houston. I'm going to lay that three and give me C.J. Stroud and the Texans against the hapless Carolina Panthers and maybe a dangling in year number one, Brent, in Charlotte. Frank Reich, what do you got? Yeah, you know, again, I think we're, we've, we've seen this Houston team. We've talked a lot about They're kind of like our, our, our Detroit Lions of last year, right? Like, we, yeah. we they, they always seem to be in the game. They're covering. C.J. Stroud looks great. Uh, I think you got the Carolina Panthers who are winless. They haven't won a game yet. And they're kind of looking up next year, right? Let's let's keep – they've got a half-game lead over the uh, Arizona Cardinals for that number one pick next year. I think that's where their head's at. I don't think they're going to be in this game at all. I think Houston wins this game pretty easily. Give me the Houston Texans, lay the three. On the road. Chris. Uh, once again, I'll agree with Brent. Uh, I love CJ, Sh- you know, Shroud. I, I, I hate the Texans, and I don't want to vote for an AFC South team. I understand. I have to on this yeah. one. Uh, Frank Wright giving up the offensive calling. I don't think that's going to matter. I've got the Texans as well. Lars the Bremen Locks, Luna Zul, Tequila Shots from Kip's Pub, week number eight. Cowboys and the Rams, one of the better matchups of week number eight. And the Cowboys installed right now as six-point favorites. Um, I don't trust this at all, but I'll lay the six and take the Cowboys in my Luna Azul tequila shot of the week. He is a starter, but oftentimes he's been non-existent. I don't know if it's because of the offense, because of the teammates like C.D. Lamb, or mind you, or because of the quarterback, Dak Prescott. But I'm going to take Jake Ferguson, the tight end, to go big against this Rams defense. That is my Luna Azul tequila shot of the week in fantasy football. And again, lay the six. Give me the Cowboys. Brent. Yeah, you know, you got Dallas. Dallas is, you know, again, that team we've kind of been back and forth, up and down on. They're coming off a bye. The Rams, the Rams, they just, they, they can't put it together. They've got the offensive weapons. And then they just go ahead and, 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 and fire the kicker this week because he yeah. missed a couple field goals that uh, could have kept him and won the game last week. Uh, so I don't know who's kicking for the Rams. I don't know if it's been announced. I don't think it matters. I think Dallas gets right here. 27-17, Dallas covers the spread. Chris. I hate them boys. I grew up an East Coast kid and with the uh, Baltimore Colts and the, yep. you know, the Washington Redskins. But I've got to take the six and the Cowboys. Um, the Rams, like you said, they just can't get it together for whatever reason. Let me tell you this. Kirk Cousins will dangle it right there in front of you, right? I mean, you talk about the ultimate tease. It's, remember, I don't know if it still exists. Anybody ever watch the Spice Channel? Mm. When you Like the Spice Channel, um, yeah, you're laughing over you watch Spice. It was just a constant tease. It was like, well, wait a minute, there's a cleavage shot, and then we move on past the parts we wanted to see, right? So to me, Kirk Cousins is like the Spice Channel. Vikings and Packers, Kirk Cousins look really good on Monday night. I don't expect this to go back-to-back. I think the Packers stink, to be honest, right now. And Brent, you can back me up on that. But I'm going to take that point they're going to get because the Vikings are road favorites in Lambeau Field. Take the point, give me the Packers. Brent. God, I wish I could join you here, John, but the Packers do stink right now. And, and they stink. Not, they've just not had it together. You can't do the Spice Channel back-to-back weeks, can't though. I can't do the Spice Channel back-to-back. I get it. I get it. Believe me. But, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, Jordan Love, he's, he's still, he just, they're, they're not gaming for what he can mm. do. Uh, you know, Aaron Jones was back yeah. finally, which is a big key part. Uh, we've got the, uh, the receivers out there, but they're just not getting on the ball. They don't have time. Uh, they look ugly. Minnesota got the ship right last week, so I think they're steering that in the right direction. I hate to say it. It pains me to say it. Give me the Vikings for Jimmy Kiefer. Lay the one. What do you got, Chris? Well, you equated him to the 
Spice Channel. Spice Channel. Yeah. I, I would say it's more Girls Gone Wild. Kirk Cousins is. <laughs> it's, so? it's yeah, it's very similar. You know, it gives you a little bit, and then you right. know the the commercial yeah, blurts yeah, yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, for my for my roommate in Iraq, who was a gigantic uh, Vikings fan, this is for him. I've got the Vikings. All right, that makes sense right there. The Spice Channel, though, if you had that early stages of direct, even before Direct TV, when we had those big satellite dishes that got everything, there was like American Triple Ecstasy, which is Patrick Mahomes because it delivers every time, and the Spice Channels like. Kirk Cousins, where maybe one time it's all right, but most of the time you go, hey, I don't know about that. <laughs> Great analogy right there. All right. Our Larson Bourbon Locks, Luna's Dual Tequila Shots, week number eight. We'll move along now. Dolphins and the Patriots coming up in Miami this weekend. Dolphins, nine and a half point favorites. Things didn't work out on Sunday night from Miami and Philadelphia. I still think against the bad teams, even with the Patriots beating Buffalo last week against the bad teams, Miami's still legit. It's a big number. I don't trust the Patriots back-to-back, and especially New England and South Florida lay the nine and a half. Give me the Dolphins, Brent. Yeah, this is one of those classic cases of you have the Best scoring team in the NFL being the Miami Dolphins and the second, third worst in the NFL scoring the New England Patriots. Patriots pulled way more than they should have last week. I don't think they can do it again. I think Miami also coming off of a big defeat of of a Philly team that looked really good against the Dolphins kind of exposed them a little bit. I think Miami comes back and gets right. I hate laying this big number too, John, but uh, give me the Dolphins, lay the nine and a half. I see no other path. What about you, Chris? Yeah, that offense is incredible. Uh, Bill Belichick typically does a great um, job of taking away your number one. Yeah. It doesn't matter on this team. You got a lot of number uh, ones. I, I, you've got all the number ones. Uh, so I'm taking the nine and a half for sure. Hey, this one's for Andy Sweeney, the morning show. I like to call it the morning wood with Sweebo, although it's called the morning wake up call with KB and Andy. Andy Sweeney's a big Giants fan. I think the Giants have somewhat been re inspired. They are home dogs against the Jets. Actually, the Jets are playing at home too because that's in the Meadowlands. But the Jets are three point favorites. I'm going to take that three and give me the Giants of Andy Sweeney and the Morning Wood with Sweebo. Give me Andy Sweeney's New York Giants. Give me the three. Brent. Yeah, you know, again, this is one of those games I really probably won't touch, right? But, uh, hey, the Jets somehow, or they find themselves at three and three. You got Rodgers looking like he's going to be back in like week 10 or 11 now. Who knows? They could, if they keep it going, they could be back and get him back in time. It could be uh, still some Jet magic there. But the Giants... I, I, again, I, I, I wouldn't touch this game with. Uh, we've got a we've got a re-inspired crew. We don't. I'm just making that up. Crew. I'm trying okay, to justify my pick with that. I'm going to go here with the uh, the Giants because I'm getting three points because I think this is going to be a field goal game. I think it's going to come down to that. Give me the New York football Giants uh, plus three. Chris, not a firm believer in the Jets offense, but I uh, am definitely a believer in their defense, and I just don't trust the Giants offense outside of Saquon Barkley. Got to take the Jets on this one. Clearly, my compelling Andy Sweeney in the morning wood with Sweebo was not enough <laughs> to get you guys to go that direction. All right, Larson, Bourbon Locks, Luna's want to give the shots. Hey, I know I want to pick against Jacksonville, and this is a really good time. Two and a half point favorites on the road against what was formerly known as Heinz Field, and I don't know what the hell it is right now, but it's in Pittsburgh. And every time you bring up the fact that Pittsburgh's going to be outclassed, they step up somehow, some way, in some fashion, and bite you. I'm going to take that two and a half and give me Pittsburgh Brent at home this weekend in week number eight. Kind of scares me, John, because we're on the same side of this. And my whole thought process, yes. again, I think the Jags are the better team. They're five and two. But the Steelers are silently four and two, which really doesn't seem like they should be. They do find themselves back in it a lot. 
I think they're going to get that home field little buzz going on. They're a dog at home. As always, with the, uh, under a field goal, I'd buy a half point, though. But uh, give me the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers to cover that spread. Give me a song with silent in the title. Go. Silent night. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got nothing. I've I was going to give you silent lucidity. That, you were better than I was. <laughs> well, it's almost Dang Christmas it. time, man. <laughs> what do you got? Good all year round. <laughs> you got, right. Chris. Uh, yeah. yeah, so the Jaguars are the truth. Um, they're, yep. they're, they're the real deal. Uh, but I will never um, bet against Mike Tomlin in the fall at home. He, is, he always figures out a way. I've got the Steelers on this one. Uh, Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna's Will Tequila Shots, Week 8, Kipps Pub, Castleton off of Allisonville Road. Love to have you here. Falcons and Titans, uh, we know the injury situation with Ryan Tannehill. It looks like that all of a sudden now, the Titans are deciding to unload some guys. Kevin Byard earlier this week and that secondary to Philadelphia. We'll see if Derrick Henry may be next. Maybe Hopkins at some point as well as a wide receiver. Right now, Will Levis is installed as the rookie starter in no way in this world. None. I can take Tennessee at home. Falcons are two and a half point favorites in Nashville. Lay the two and a half brand and give me Atlanta. Yeah, this is another one of those ugly games. I don't know. I mean, again, I won't be touching it personally, but uh you don't know, right? Will Levis, he's going to get out. Is he going to come out and be that uh, electric new rookie guy that's going to get some buzz going on? I don't think so. You mentioned it. They got the uh, fire sale going on over there in Tennessee right now. Come buy one, get one free over there, I think it is. Yeah, it's coming. I think it's going to be a field goal game, though. I mean, it's 20 to 17, and, and I really think this this Falcon squad, I mean, they're four and three. Again, I wouldn't thought they would have been in that situation yet. Uh, Tennessee, um, <laughs> they're two and four, and again, they're, they're everything's for sale over there. Go ahead and give me Atlanta as well. Lay the two and a half. Lay it on us, Chris. Got to agree with Brent on that one as well. Uh, I see Derrick Henry possibly moving uh, by the tread day, deadline um, somebody, somewhere big. Taking the Falcons. Commanders, Eagles. Um, you know, the Eagles looked really good. I, for some reason, I don't know if maybe they'll play down to the competition coming up this weekend or not. Six and a half point favorites in D.C. versus Commanders. I'm going to go ahead and take that plus six and a half and give me Washington with for no other reason. I don't know if the Eagles can back up all that hype that lived up for them in Philly against the uh, against the Dolphins on Sunday night football. So give me the commanders of the points, Brent. You know, it's one of those funny games, right? Like it shouldn't be that way. You should look at it and go, oh, wow, Eagles by 10. Well, I, you know, I don't know. It's six and a half. There's a reason it hasn't gone to seven. But it's not enough of a reason for me, John. I'm not going to join you on that one right there. I think Philly, they looked really good last week. We know they, they're 6-1. They're and one, or they did, They've looked good, but yeah. they haven't looked great. They looked great last week. I think they're going to follow that up. I think they're going to kind of soar high as they will. Give me the Eagles. Lay the 6.5. Philly wins 28-18. There's the great Randy Strand in the house right there, Brent Halverson. Hey, Randy. Look at that. Live at Kipps with Randy Strand. Chris, what do you got? Yeah, you know, being uh, in the D.C. area, I want to pull for the Commanders. I like their defense. Uh, I will say they're, the Eagles are going to tush-push or brotherly love mm-hmm. their way there you go. to victory on this one. No, the only ones can sure. do that, too. I don't know why. And no one can <laughs> stop can it. Nobody can do it. No I think Tush-Push was a 1985 titled film on Spice Channel, I think. I, was, <laughs> I think it was. I'm glad you said Spice. Well done, Chris, right there. You did a lot of Spice they, they watching back, back, back day, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody like me kind of has to. You're relegated to that right there. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna's Real Tequila Shots. Uh, the Browns, by a really bad couple of calls down the stretch, get a win over the Colts last week. We know that. In Seattle this weekend, 
Uh, Deshaun Watson doesn't look like he's going to play. They're going to go with the overly awful Phillip. Don't call him P.J. Walker, who was just terrible, but still beat the Colts. He's undefeated, too, isn't he, John? Uh, terrible, he is. <laughs> <laughs> My God. But we know how the Colts got screwed down the stretch. Not that game, though, this one. Seahawks minus three and a half at home. Lay that three and a half. Give me Seattle, Brent. Yeah, uh, Cleveland is a just a kind of a dumpster fire as well. Deshaun Watson, I mean, you saw him. He but they're winning, that, though. He went out they're that winning quarter. in that dumpster fire. They are. That's but crap. He, he went out in the first quarter. He was cleared to come back in, but he didn't. So there's more there than I think that, that shoulder. shoulder I understand, but I think there's more there. I think they're seeing some, some, some positive stuff with the young guy here. Who knows? I don't know. I don't like them here. I like uh, I like Seattle at home. Laying three and a half. Seattle wins at 24-17. Give me the Seahawks. That is oh. Chris over there, everybody. Yeah, you know that defense is it was really impressive to watch. Um, but without Deshaun Watson, uh, the Seahawks at home, this is kind of the weather they like to play in as well. Really like these guys. I think DK Metcalf is going to have a big day. Hey, Baltimore lowered the boom last week on the Lions. Eight-point road favorites at Arizona. This is going to come back to bite me. I hate doing this right now, but I'm going to lay the aid and take the Ravens on the road. You watch them screw me like nobody's business here. But lay the aid. Give me the Ravens in Arizona. Brent. This is one of those games I really kind of went back and forth on because I want those points here, but I don't want them enough with, with Arizona where they sit right now. Uh, you know, I, I just don't I, I can't see him doing much. They're one and six. They're, we said it earlier. They're a half yep. game behind Carolina for that first pick coming up next year. Um, you know, and, I, and who knows what's going to happen coming down the road. I just don't think they have the firepower. Baltimore, again, they looked so good last week. This is usually when you look and see it flip flop a little bit. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to happen, though. I'm going to take that chance. I'll take the Ravens. Lay the eight. Chris, um, definitely taking the Ravens. Living the eight. Um, for sure, that Arizona defense isn't going to be able to handle what the offense has to have. Um, I, I don't recall. Is OBJ good this week or no? He is, but he hadn't done anything all year. Okay. So uh, I mean, he is not, that, that wouldn't even be consideration. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. I think be, they're, they're fine. Lamar, Lamar is hard to handle. Yeah, Zay, Zay, Zay Flowers is. And I, that's where I see Derrick Henry going, actually. I mean, yep. that, that would be incredible. That's, that's who's that's trying gonna, to get him right yep, now, too. That would be, be an incredible offensive addition for sure. But I'm definitely laying the eight, taking the Ravens. All right. Larcy Bourbon Locks, Luna's Old Tequila Shots, Kip's Pub here on a week eight Thursday. I'm not going to jack with the Broncos announce here. Lay the seven and give me the Chiefs on the road. Not even going to talk. No detail, nothing. Not going to jack with them. Lay the seven to give me the Chiefs. Brent? You know, it's really sad for me to say this, but how bad the Broncos are and what did they do last week, John? They beat the Packers. They did. They beat the Packers. They did. And uh, Green Bay just looked ugly. But I don't think, I mean, Denver doesn't have what it takes to go on against this Kansas City team. Kansas City's fired up. Six and one. They're starting to play some ball. Uh, This is going to be my, my, this is my big to-do right here, John. So I'm not not only going to say, hey, I'm going to take the Chiefs, lay the seven. I'm going to go ahead and put my larceny lock of the week Let's on the go. Chiefs, lay the seven. And I'm also going to turn in my Lunazul tequila shot of the week on Rashi Rice, the wide receiver Ooh. from Kansas City, who's out there in like 50% Ooh. of the leagues. I like it. He is starting to step up. He's their man. He's the one that's going to be doing all the, all the damage. Look for him to have two touchdowns and 100 yards. Chiefs win big in this one. Chris, very good. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Swifties or no Swifties at the game. They're <laughs> definitely, he's going to ball out. They're going to have a big game. The Broncos are, are done for the season. Lars, Shut them down. Lars, the Bourbon Locks, Luna's with Tequila Shots, Bengals off the bye week. I think they're going to re-engage now, be the type of team we thought they were going to be against the uh, spiraling out of control all of a sudden 49ers. However, I just don't think it's going to happen this week. I'm going to lay that three and a half and give me the Niners inside the fly at Levi's this weekend over the Bengals. Brent. 
Before I would do any kind of betting on this game, you got to see what Josh Purdy's status is, right? We don't know that. We're talking Thursday. Yeah. We're not going to know that. If it's Sunday. Sam Darnold, it's Sam Darnold. I'm it's still going to feel Darnold. the same thing. Yeah. I'm still going to do the same thing too, John, but I'm going to go against you here. I'm going to take this Bengals squad. I think it started to turn around a little bit. You're going to give me three and a half points. This number has moved. It was five and a half. It's down to three and a half now. That tells me Purdy's probably not going to play. I'm going to go ahead and take these Bengals uh, plus three and a half. I think the Bengals could even win the game. We're not going to push it that far, but give me the Cincinnati Bengals plus three and a half. Chris, you know, I think, uh, you know, they, the Niners took a big hit on their offense last week. Uh, CMC, a couple other guys were, were damaged a little bit. Uh, however, that offense is set up to run no matter what quarterback is in position there. So I'm taking the Niners and uh, for sure I'm getting that three and a half. Inspiration for the Bears last weekend, right? Um, not so much for the Chargers. Uh, in L.A., SoFi Stadium, where it's going to be a packed house full of Bears fans, I'm sure. Eight-and-a-half-point home favorites of the Chargers. I think this is one that Staley and company get right. I'm going to lay the eight-and-a-half. Give me the Chargers at home. Brent. That's a big number. These Chargers, they just don't so disappoint. a lot. You yeah. know? I mean, they're, and they're sitting at two and four. They, they should be so much better. You know, you got the Bears sitting at two and five. Well, they take fields out and they look a lot better. This they is, do. The scheme's better set up for for what's old boy pa- pageant. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy out of Shepherd College. Yeah, I mean he, he looked good. I mean they put up thirty some points last week. I don't think they can go into L.A. and do it though. I hate laying eight and a half in this spot, but uh, we've yeah. got to pick them. So I'm going to back to back looking like that. That's dangerous territory. Yeah, give me the Chargers yeah. lay the eight and a half. Chris, yeah, I'm not a firm believer in the QB yet there in Chicago. I'm definitely taking that eight and a half, and uh, I'm going to take the Chargers. All right, I bounced back and forth with my Larceny Bourbon Lock of the Week. I I really do want to go with the Colts, and we'll pick that game coming up here in just a second. But there is no way, no way the Lions are going to look and get depanced in the fashion in which they did last week. So they're at home at Ford Field against the Raiders, eight-point favorites. Lay that eight, and the Lions will lay out to the Las Vegas Raiders uh, to uh, end what is week number eight of the NFL weekend? I just not twice in a row here. So lay the eight. Give me the Lions. Brent. You know that uh, your boy Garoppolo is going to be back for those Raiders. Yeah. Is that doing anything for you? Does it change anything? No. No. Go no. With the Lions. No. Right. I just like it's, it's so much more than just that. A player here, there, a quarterback. In this case, Garoppolo doesn't matter. They got embarrassed last week. I think that says something. Dan Campbell, their head coach. This team, you know, all the new expectations that were built in that probably got dashed a little bit last week back at home. It's going to be a tough one. Tough one for the Raiders this weekend. You know, talk about a tough one, man. That that Ravens game, they they 38 to 6 over the Lions. Ugly. I mean, and that was just ugly. That was 100% all Baltimore. I think you're right. I think Dan Campbell's that guy. He's going to go up there and shake that uh, he's going to shake that thing up a little bit and he's going to really get some stuff coming out of them. I think uh, the Lions going to be a pretty sexy play this week. I think they went 30 to 20. That means they cover the 8, John. Give me the Lions for Randy Strand, his uh Shout out to Randy little, Strand. Little spot up there. There he the, is uh, up there. Area, so, <laughs> for Randy. Chris, what do you got? Yeah, I, uh, the Raiders are in shambles. Uh, it's really hard to watch their football team, to be honest. And uh, I think Detroit Rock City takes it at home. I'll take the eight. Larcy Bourbon Locks, Luna's with the key of the shots. We are down to the final here. How about the Colts and the Saints? The Colts, so disappointing what happened to them on Sunday. And granted, you know, things didn't go well at the end of the half. Uh, defense, again, let them down. That defense in closing games. We talked about this last year. Rick Venturi and I have talked about this a number of times. Even as good at times as it's played, it has let this team down more often than it's picked it up. 
that is a problematic area. However, I don't think it's going to be a problematic area coming up on Sunday. That's a 1 o'clock start, Saints and the Colts. The Saints have been a massive disappointment, according to their fan base so far. Uh, you get your wide receiver, got arrested early in the week. Uh, Derek Carr is yelling at him. They don't have guys running out. Uh, patterns and such. I, yeah, Dennis Allen, I just don't think he's a guy that's capable of handling this. So I think the crap will continue. I'm going to take the one. The Saints, as of right now, are one-point favorites at Lucas Oil Stadium. I'm going to take that one. My final is 24-16 Colts on Sunday. They get back on the winning track. Minshew mania, right? Like, look what he did. He came out and he made him look good. I mean, again, that Browns oh. defense, they got 30 points put up, 38 points put up on them, but their defense scored a couple times. I mean, that's, made- that's Shane Steichen mania, too. As bad as he handled things late in the first half, what he did offensively against that Browns team was impressive. Oh, it so, was, yes. absolutely. I mean, for sure. And then, you know, again, I think that uh, what we're looking at here, the – uh, the Saints, right? I mean, Derek Carr, he just he doesn't look like he's kind of brought that buzz, or that 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 uh, the power that they want to see with him. They got some troubles, like you say. Oh boy, got popped. Uh, he did. Uh, got arrested this other past two days ago. I think the Colts here. I think I got something to do here. I'm going to take the one. Give me the Colts to win the game outright. Uh, I'm going to say Colts 23-20 for the victory. Chris, New Orleans has a lot offensively. Names: Kamara, Thomas, Olave, Absolutely. Carr. And, you know, a bunch of first-round picks yeah. along that offensive line, but they just have not been able to put it together. Yeah, I don't think like, it happened Sunday. They're like the Pacers a few years ago. They look good on paper, but they yeah. couldn't do anything on the court. And uh, I think the same thing is going to be true this week where the Saints just can't get it done. I think the defense is going to show up. I think the, the Indianapolis Colts fan base is going to show out. I've got a little bit of beard today, but I'm going to shave it down to a nice Minshew mustache <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Nice. for Halloween and for, this, for the game on Sunday. So Love it. I'm taking the Colts. All, All right. Lars Steve Bourbon Locks, Luna's Will Tequila Shots, Week 8 at Kip's Pub. Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com.